millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. Every comic that we're about to talk about in this episode can be found at King's Comics, which you can find in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street is its address, or if you could, if you do not have legs, for example, yeah, uh, or many other reasons that uh, stop you from walking into a comic book store in Sydney, uh, kingscomics.com is the name of their website and the address of their website. Good. Nailed it. <laughs> My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coos. And every week we read all of the comics that, that came out. we can out. be bothered reading. Um, yeah, most <laughs> of the comics. <laughs> uh, and then we review them for you and let you know which ones we really enjoyed and which ones we enjoyed slightly less so. And maybe you, you might enjoy them because everyone has different opinions and that's fine. That's nice. Um, within this episode, we're going to be reviewing a certain uh, 54th epi- uh, issue and that is the 54th issue of Saga, the mm. image series by Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. Now, this is a very hard uh, comic for us to, to review in depth because, uh, you know, we know a lot of our listeners don't read single issue to single issue. Mm-hmm. Um, some people read in trades. Some people read in, you know, chunks of three trades at a time. Mm-hmm. Some people have it on a back burner and at one point in their lives know that they're going to read all of it. I understand all of these inferior ways to read the, uh, the series. And I, res- I respect them. I don't. Okay, well, that's fine. Because um, we are going to do a, next week, mm-hmm. a, um, a, a spoiler episode. Um, every, every few weeks or so, Siobhan and I are going to do a bonus episode where we go in depth and uh, review a uh, special, uh, like, a, like, I guess like a series as a whole. Um, and not worry about spoilers because the idea is that everyone listening is someone that's also read the entirety of the series, or in this case, the entirety of the series up to issue 54. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about this later, but it was an insane issue, uh, a lot of enormous, heavy emotional moments and big story beats that uh, we're going to get addressed a year from now when Saga returns. Um, So we want you to to submit some uh, your thoughts on Mm. Saga, um, either the issue itself or just your thoughts on Saga as a whole. Um, you can either email us at seriousissues at kingscomics.com or get in touch via our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash seriousissuespodcast. 
And uh, we'll be posting about it there. Uh, and yeah, we'll be putting this episode together next week before we record the regular episode. And uh, we'd love to have as many listeners contribute to it as possible and celebrate this great series that we're going to be talking about later on in the episode. Yeah, cool. Um, if you would like to listen to our first spoiler episode that we did for Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubecker, Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Breitweiser, the excellent crime series, um, you can find it over at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. A couple bucks a month gets you access to all the bonus episodes that we record for the podcast. And there's some incredible stuff there, including um, some gossipy stuff that Siobhan mm-hmm. uh, has recorded with uh, her lovely boyfriend, Nate. Lovely uh, Nate. Canonically lovely uh, <laughs> Nate. Uh, and uh, also her, they did an episode about X-Men. Yep. Siobhan and I have recorded multiple episodes about uh, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of extra stuff there too. Again, it's patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Again, uh, every little dollar that you put towards us helps uh, us kind of put more time into the show. As you know, if you've listened to an episode before, we put about... An enti- at least one entire day into uh, each episode yeah. of, uh, of Serious Issues Podcast. And that's just the reading. Not to mention the recording, the producing, the editing. I don't do much of that, but I <laughs> upload it. <laughs> <laughs> Takes time, guys. Uh, so, yeah, patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. And looking forward to doing that saga. Big deep dive next yeah, week. Yeah, we talked on. about, we did saga um, for Queens of Kings last night. So, it was nice to be refreshed on the first trade and going back and reading that first amazing six issues and then also sort of that... Issue 54 and seeing how far it's come. and Queens of Kings is Siobhan's uh, Sydney-based gals-only yep. um, comic book reading group. And they meet every month and read a trade and talk about you know their thoughts on that trade. Yeah. And eat cool snacks. It's pretty much it. It's pretty nice. It's a nice time. Yeah. So uh, what's you did Saga last night. What's up? Mm-hmm. What's going up next? Sleepless. 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 Oh, which is another great image series that yeah. we've enjoyed a lot on the podcast. We do a lot of image books. You can find more about Queens of Kings at facebook.com slash Queens of Kings. Mm-hmm. I assume that's the yeah. address. I don't know if it is, but... Just okay. look, look Just it up look it on up. Facebook. Queens of Kings. How hard could it be? Absolutely. Surely not that hard, Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every episode of Serious epi- Issues uh, begins with First Things First, which is our segment in which we review all the number ones that came out last week. And boy, howdy, there were a bunch of them. Woo! Let's start off with the book I was most excited for. I've been building hype yeah. in my head for this for a long, long time, um, mostly because of the artists involved, and that is the excellent Trad Moore uh, on a new book written by Alice Scott um, called The New World... <laughs> Which came Beautiful. out through Image Comics. It's actually yeah, it's the new word, and then it's a big belch sound. Yeah, um, which is a, it, it's an odd word to spell, but you know, I think, I think I did a good, good, good pronunciation for once. You killed it. Uh, we've got Heather Moore on colors. Clayton Cowles um, did the lettering, and we've got Tom Mueller. Is uh, the designer of the book too, and you've got to give him a shout out because this is a w- wonderfully designed book. Sure is. Now, Siobhan, I'm very aware of your thoughts on uh, Tradmore as a cartoonist. He's uh, one of our shared favorite cartoonists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I think last year we only got one issue of a comic drawn by him. Yep, uh, that was a Venom special, which is great. It's incredible. Um, this is uh, a, a real treat because mm-hmm. it's an extra large. Uh, oversized issue of the New World. The first issue is uh, four ninety nine US, and it's it's over sixty pages of incredible Tradmore art. Um, no ads. No ads at all. All killer. And then there's even a bonus comic book strip um, at the back mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Um, by Shirley Jackson and Wong Kar Wai, which, which is, is also good. Really, really cool. Yeah. So it's a great, great package for four ninety nine US. Yep. Um, but let's talk about the story, Siobhan. Specifically, tell me what happened in the story. Okay. So this is a semi-post-apocalyptic future where um, in the future April 15th 2037 um, five nuclear devices simultaneously exploded over various areas of America and so America is now split into a couple of different states so there's New California 
No Man's Land, the United Unite uh, the Union of Fed uh, I can't do words. It's <laughs> just, fine. just burp, that's what I you do in these I mean. situations. Anyway, and so we're following um, a couple of people who are in New California, which is supposedly the most liberal area of um, the new United States. And we follow a girl who's like a bounty hunter on TV. She's like a sexy TV cop. Mm-hmm. And they record her TV, her cop things. It's like a reality TV show star in mm-hmm. which she, uh, you know, it's, yeah, cops. C-O-P-S, the, mm-hmm. uh, the old uh, 80s reality TV. One of the first reality TV shows. He said, this one's set in the future. And uh, it's almost like competitive. Yeah. Um, and it's also uh, like in a sort of death of the family sense, you can vote on whether the um, they should use lethal force or not. And it's all sort of live streamed. And our hero, regardless of what gets voted, she has one rule and that is do not kill. Never and she kill. is the granddaughter of the president. Mm-hmm. So she gets away with it. And, and then, then we also follow this dude whose name is Kirby. Good name. Um, I was really pushing for Kirby as a name for old Shatterstar. Oh, really? But we settled on Shatterstar. You settled on Stan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine. That's a, that's a fucking shit move. Um, and so he's like a sort of cunty, <laughs> smash the state. I'm a, a straight edge bro hacker guy. And he breaks into the government and broadcasts a message that's like smash the police state and you're like cool that did a lot bro i mean <laughs> good I, job i like that like the girl who who on camera like you know arrests people is not is not the cunty one of yeah. these two <laughs> totally um but he's like he's you know supposed to be some uber genius i feel like there's always a little bit like alice cott is a little bit like that and so i always think his character's like that i'm like oh shut up but at least this one's at least a bit um self-aware of mm-hmm. the fact that he's like a bit of a douche anyway and so these two characters meet at a sort of semi-illegal rave where they're both oh one of them's doing drugs but the other's straight edge remember he's straight edge and then they do it but they do it in a public bathroom in a nightclub yeah which is how all true romance starts in 2037 and of course because uh this girl is monitored 24 7 mm-hmm. by the government they realize that she's come into, co- into contact with this uh you know attempted terrorist a guy who you know, illegally broadcast this mission and thwarted the government itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they send her on a mission to kill him. And She's that's like, oh no. That's what the next issue is going to be about. Like, good. Yeah. It's a good issue. Really, really solid storytelling. I thought, um, like, when I think Tradmore, though, I think very, very fast storytelling. Kinetic, yeah. Uh, allowing him to just, you know, just draw nonstop action. Uh, but this was uh, Alice Scott taking his time with it, allowing mm-hmm. a few fun splash pages throughout it. But um, really, really, we, we, we learn a lot about these two characters and the um, the comic, you know, this extra extra long comic is divided up equally between the two of them. But I also love that we got to see uh, Tradmore doing a lot of, like, really in-depth kind of character study mm-hmm. and their fate like everyone's face is really unique and interesting i think um it's nice to almost see him do something a little bit slower paced and be a little bit more focused on design and stuff like that yeah definitely um this was a very very uh you know long and and, and good, a good study of both these characters both as from an art point of view and also from a written point of view mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i you know it, 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 i don't think it overset it's welcome but uh it, it could have been a little bit snappier but i i, I still yeah. really enjoyed it yeah this i saved this and Till last, so I only just read it, um, just to motivate me to go through everything else. But like <laughs> the colors are so gorgeous, and like the whole issue is really um, very, very readable, very good fun. Yeah, I'd highly recommend picking this one up. Um, it's a just great, for the art. it's a great issue. Um, yeah. you know, from from cover to cover. Absolutely. Check it out. The New World 
probably our favorite number one this week. Definitely. Uh, so that is uh, all Image put out this week, but uh, all the other publishers put out stacks. Mm. Um, so let's go start with DC. This week they gave us a new Justice League book and a weird annual thing that I didn't even get. That's oh, really? Weird. Yeah, yeah. This was like a weird surprise to me. So DC every now and again puts out like summer specials or like a winter special or whatever. And so this is a 80-page giant DC's beach blanket bad guys summer special. Right. Ten swinging supervillain stories. And I was like, oh, God. Um but the cover's Amanda Connor, so I was like, no, I'll get it and be disappointed by the interiors. But then we've got a, the first is a Lieber Mayho Joker story. Yep. And then we've got um, like Jeff Loveness and Paul Dinney doing a story. And like there was a Black Manta story. And that was actually really enjoyable. I actually oh, Vito really Ayala enjoyed it. Cheetah story. Cool. Yep. There's some really, really good shit in it. There was some really great little just couple of page stories all about different um sort of dc villains and it was extremely good fun and a lovely surprise that's great because normally these things kind of suck bar like one or two stories yeah so as a whole this is all pretty fun and readable it was all really good there was a really fun one where um lex luther has a flat tire and he's on the road and he gets saved by some guy with a superman tattoo (laughs) (laughs) and the guy's like it's what superman would do and lex is like (laughs) (laughs) fuck this shit um yeah just really i i I'd recommend getting this. If you just want something like a bit silly and fun and lots of short snappy stories with characters that you're aware of and it's not held back by continuity and stuff, it's good fun. So DC's Beach Blanket Bad Guy Summer Special. Better than it's Why why didn't you call your son that? Mm, True. (laughs) Ten swinging supervillain stories. Gotta have another one. I'm going to steal this and read this. Yeah, Um, It looks fun. Um, The other big DC book we got this week on number one was Justice League Dark, um, written by James Tinian IV. Um, every time uh, we say that, we, our listeners think we're saying James, Tinney, and the fourth. And uh, so I made a post in our group this week that whenever we talk about fence, mm-hmm. they think um, the name C S per cat. Mm-hmm. They think we're saying C is for cat. <laughs> a good name. Real good stuff. Um, so yeah, this was uh, written by uh, yeah, James Tinney and the fourth, and uh, who was last on Detective Comics. Uh, he's long run on that, so he definitely knows how to write a team. Um, and uh, we have on pencils, Alvaro Martinez Bueno and uh, Raul Fernandez on inks, Brad Anderson on colors. And this is a, a magic team um, consisting of, uh, one, led by Wonder Woman with Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Detective Chimp and Man Bat. But also within this um, issue, we see basically like the, the reaches of magic within the DC universe um, via... Um, What's the name of the witch boy again? Who Clarion. We are gonna, what's his name again? Clarion. Clarion, yeah. Clarion, Clarion yeah. He, he, he's, he's in here. We have Constantine makes a cameo. Um, we have Dr. Fate making a cameo. Dead Man's in the scene with the Phantom Stranger and um, Felix the Faust question. and a whole bunch of... Oh, that's like Black Alice. Wow, that's really obscure. Jason there. Blood, yeah. So this is going to be a big... I, I love all the magic characters in Same. the DC universe. Um, and the idea of having like a more grounded... Uh, captain of the team in Wonder Woman I think is a really cool move um, I like that you know uh, repeating James Tinney and the fourth's uh, uh, inclusion of Clayface on the detective team we have Man Bat mm-hmm. trying to redeem himself on this on Wonder Woman's new Justice League dark team and it's very similar to what's going on in Spider-Man at the moment with the lizard in that he sort of figured out how to control his um transformations yeah and I like that he has like different serums that allow him to be scarier if, if yeah. need be um, but I thought, I don't know what was stopping me from loving this. I think um, it was pretty boring. Not much happened. Uh, it's really, really overly wordy. It was just like a getting the team together book, but it managed to be incredibly dull. You, like while utilizing all these great characters, 
I really didn't. I, I barely remember what happened in this. So I don't know who the bad guy is or anything. F- so magic is something bad is happening to magic. It's either disappearing, oh. a la the Doctor Strange run that Jason Aaron wrote recently, or it's like turning gross <laughs> and like yep. all the magic spells are turning into much darker deviations from what they were meant to be. But it can't just be that. It's also threatening to... Magic is going to die and all of humanity is going to die with it. So, within three months, I've read four completely separate Justice League titles in DC Knights Metal, um, Justice League No Justice, the recent Justice League reboot, and now Justice League Dark, in which every single book is dealing with a a, a world-ending or a universe-ending event. Yeah. It's so boring. Lower the fucking stakes. Yes. It's always way more fun when it's personal and actually yes. involves these characters in a meaningful way. Same as Avengers. Um, even I mean, you could even argue that uh, uh, the Doomsday Clock is kind of about, you know, universe. Oh, no, not really. That's, 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 that's pretty like outlier. But yeah, I'm, I'm really over... I, I never like it when it happens in the movies. Like, I hate X-Men movies where it's about them saving the world. I just like it being them doing something that's important to them. Playing baseball. Exactly. Softball. Isn't it softball? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and just like the art is the art is fine. It's serviceable, but like I don't like I don't like it when anyone fucks with Zatanna's costume. It's like one of the most perfect iconic costumes. Putting her in like a fucking pants and a bustier with her tits falling out and she's running everywhere. That's not gonna work. Yeah, but instead of fishnet stockings, now she has fishnet gloves. Good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like this. Yeah. I don't really want to read any more of it. I want to give it one more no. chance, but I need to stop giving these Which comics like, chances. Yeah, it annoys me because like love Detective Chimp. I, I, yeah, make Detective Chimp the leader of the team. I don't think Wonder Woman should be the leader of the team. Bring her in as a heavy hitter. I mean, it makes sense because I know that like these kind of separate Justice League books never sell anywhere near as well as their counterparts. So having her as like you know the main character of it might be good for sales, but. Yeah, I can't I say it was. I, 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 I enjoyed her the most, to be honest. I, at least when she's serious, it makes sense. When all the other characters are serious, I was like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Just that's it. Care. Justice League Dark. I might give it another issue. I might ah. not. Uh, let's go over to Marvel now um, for... Uh, what do you want to talk about? The one that I loved or the other ones that I'm indifferent to? Uh, well, let's hear what you loved. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. X. Yes, please. Number one, written by Kelly Thompson with up by Oscar Bazaldua. Bazaldua and uh, Frank D'Amato. Um This is the latest book starring Gambit and Rogue, who have recently married at the end of uh, issue 30-ish of uh, X-Men Gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was meant to be the marriage between Kitty and Colossus, but instead it is them. And uh, the world is better for it. Yep. Uh, so this is a, um, a a book kind of continuing on the uh, Gambit and Rogue miniseries that Ke- Kelly Thompson wrote um, earlier in the year that we really enjoyed, um, where they went to like a... They went undercover at a at a couples can like couples retreat. That's right, and uh, and ended up having you know their own relationship kind of strengthened, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is really sweet. So kind of you know Kelly Thompson already writes these characters really well. Yep, and um, we see them on their honeymoon. We kind of like see a, a, a few, like basically the wedding from a, from a few other points of view. Um, so it's not, it doesn't feel like you're just kind of retreating things you've already seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know we see them uh, on their honeymoon uh, on a uh, Alpha Flight spaceship in in space. Um, is it Alpha Flight? I think so. Something I like borrowed Captain Marvel spaceship. Captain Marvel spaceship, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then um, Kitty uh, interrupts their passionate lovemaking um, and sends them on a mission, um, which is just some you know generic save the thing from space yeah. mission and whatever. I was very, very okay with everything that went on in this. Everything was great. 
Yep. I love this. It was good fun. Their relationship is great. Kelly Thompson has such a great um, grasp of both of their voices. They are quippy, but no one is a smart Alec. It's yes. like just them kind of being making little little fun jokes with each other the whole way through. It did. Yeah. It, what What's the word we always use when when we describe the you know when when a, a book starring lots of young sassy sassy. It's not, there's no sass. There's, no a, sass. there's a lack of sass in this book. And uh, I, I think the book is much better because of it. Yep. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. This is going to be a series that uh, I'm going to enjoy every issue of, I think. Absolutely. Uh, again, Everyone if- I know who's read it has really enjoyed this so far. It's exactly what we want from an X-Men book. And it's what we should have gotten d- to a certain extent from the Batman Catwoman thing. Still feel so burned by that. <laughs> but you know, like it's nice to see like a couple, a couple doing a thing. I think nice. it was uh, Jake from the Facebook, oh, Serious Issues Facebook group mm-hmm. suggested that when all 100 issues of Tom King's Batman run come out, we paste together an episode of all of our reviews of every episode. I'd be or so every, interested. Every issue. And uh, just, just go on the roller coaster of emotions that is uh, our thoughts on that run. Fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a really good issue of uh, Mr. and Mrs. X, a great start, and Kelly Thompson doing awesome stuff over at Marvel. Absolutely. So, there's been a little event that's not really an event, but it is an event, and it's still an event uh, over at Marvel. And it just keeps going forever. I can't even remember what it was called literally one week I ago. I really didn't read in- this. Infinity some shit. I can't Did remember. I? <laughs> what was it called? You sell this, Wayne. What was it called? Infinity Prime. No, this one's Infinity This Prime. is Infinity Prime. Before this, it was called Infinity something else. Like, literally, I've reviewed nine. Countdown. Infinity Countdown. Yep, that's the one. Thank yep. you. Uh, Infinity Countdown. So, that's over. Uh, and now God. we get Infinity Prime, which then leads into Infinity Wars. And uh, there's a whole bunch of spin off things. Basically, it's a big cosmic event. Um, akin to stones. the Annihilation stuff, which was mm-hmm. really good. And this is not bad by any means. It just is, it just feels like a mess. Yeah, yeah. Um, this has been written by Jerry Duggan, who does great stuff, to be honest. But also, I, I don't know, it's just, it just kind of feels so drawn out. Uh, yeah. Great art by uh, Mike Diodato Jr. for the most part. Colors by Frank Martin. This is Infinity Prime issue one. Um, and it's got some uh, good Thanos shit. Yeah, we see kind of Loki become a main character now. Um, via a prologue in which he tries to access a library and finds that there are secrets to the universe that he needs to go and find for himself. Um, And uh, then we see uh, basically Doctor Strange and Adam Warlock kind of have a meeting with each other to discuss the future of the stones as um, the Infinity Stones, that is. Um, Not just like a couple of rocks. Uh, As Thanos is... uh, Well, do we want to do a spoiler? Yeah. Thanos is killed by a mysterious flo- cloaked fig- figure at the like end of this. that's not really a spoiler because what is the chance that Thanos is going to stay dead for any considerable period of time? Totally. Especially he's like, yeah, like, this yeah. is the kind of breakout star of the most recent Avengers movie. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I wasn't expecting it to happen, but it did. And um, we don't know who is the killer in the, uh, in, the, in the robe. I assumed it was a woman, but it could be Loki. Is it Sleepwalker? Is it? Just um, the ne- one of the upcoming Infinity Wars titles is Infinity Wars Sleepwalker. What's Sleepwalker? So kinda, I, I think it's this bro. Right. I don't know anything beyond that. No, no Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker? Is no, I don't know who Sleepwalker is. Wayne, Wayne, Siobhan just said, who is Sleepwalker? And you said, you don't you know who Sleepwalker is? Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Um, so yeah, Infinity War Prime. I, I, I'm just reading it with my eyes closed, to be honest. Yeah. I'd enjoy it just because I like the characters and whatever. Space. Yes. Uh, and now to something that I wish I enjoyed more, and that is X-Men Grand Design, uh, Second Genesis, number one, uh, written and drawn by Ed Piscor, who is most famous for the hip-hop family tree, uh, historical look at, uh, you know, mostly New York-based uh, early 
like through the 80s um, mm-hmm. kind of roots of, of hip-hop. Um, and uh, X-Men Grand Design is essentially him kind of doing a retelling of everything that's ever happened in X-Men history. Um, yeah, trying to make it all into one continuous linear narrative, which is like a tough task. And amazingly... But I don't know why you do it. Admirable. But he's a good storyteller. It is. like like. So did you read this? No. Because I didn't like the first one. So I was like, why am I going to do this? If I wanted to read the whole history of the X-Men, I would just read some X-Men comics. Yeah. I don't know who this is for. I don't know well, who I mean, this appeals to. I read it because the art and especially the colouring, which is both done by Ed Piscor, is just so fucking incredible. Like, there's a beautiful panel here of them fighting Krakoa for the first time. And his use of no colour, so you get these beautiful shining bright whites coming through. I just like that's so cool, and, I, and it's a fun little gimmick that they use throughout the issue. And I just think it's always so effective. Look at his phoenix. Yeah, it's fine, but it's not like it's not a story. You yeah, know what I mean, like it's not. I, I wouldn't say that he's like great at storytelling because it's just like this unbelievably. Oh, I think like, usually he is. A gallop through fucking X Men history. I just don't. I don't, I don't find it. I don't find it compelling. Hip Hop Family Tree is a well told story. Um, because he takes his time with it and tells like one story over the course yeah. of the pages. Whereas, also, it's more linear. Whereas here he's doing he's doing like an entire arc in one page, and then you just move straight onto the next arc. And so it yeah. is, it is like you know, someone describing the plot of every X Men comic. Also, don't like it, it doesn't make sense to try and go back and be like. The, the Professor X from nineteen sixties is the same as the Professor X now. Like it's just I, I understand that people want comic books to be like linear and for it to be like you pick up number one and then it you read until the present day but it just it, it just doesn't work like that and X-Men has never worked like that and this just seems like this mammoth undertaking for like oh, he, not a good result it's insane that they, they, they kind of put put together a list of every book mentioned within this series and like it's insane how much work went into this series mm. and I wish I liked it more but I just don't I don't think this is a fun way to read a comic it's just not yeah Street uh, X Men guys. Yeah, I just it looks so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. I love the paper stock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those are Marvel and DC and Images books. We've got a few other number ones to get through. Uh, last week, at the end of last week's episode, we uh, theoried what Bone Parish was about, and we thought wow. potentially a sex church. But no. Not- no, it's not a sex church comic, everybody. It's a Boom Studios book called Bone Parish, written by Cullen Bunn. Okay, I did make a decision that I wasn't going to read any more Cullen Bunn number ones. Um, he should so just adding, change his last name to Cullen. Like, he's just one. He could just take off one one letter, and he could be Cullen One because mm. he puts out so many first issues every single year. Cullen Bunn wrote this, illustrated by Jonas Scharf, colors by Alex Guimares, and Bone Parish is about a new drug hits the street. And do you know what Ugh. it is, Siobhan? They dig up people's graves and then ground their bones and then you sniff the bone dust and then, like... Gets you fucked up. Well, yeah, but you also see visions of the person who you're snorting. So, in one case, like, the main the main the producer cover, the of, the cover du- of the drugs. The really is, like, eye-rolly, I feel. Don't you feel? I, I, I kind of I like this and I think you might actually... <laughs> it's one of those books that you might like a lot more than I do. Oh, yeah. Is it, it's like, like, a bit trashy? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I just, I just, Cullen Bunn knows how to write a killer first issue and then it just falls apart. And I just can't let him play with my emotions like that anymore. I like this a lot more than any other first issue of his that I read this year, but it's definitely not a book for me, so I probably don't need to read any more of it. But if you like the idea of someone snorting, snorting up crushed up bones and having conversations with their dead husband, that was the best part of it, by the way. And oh, yeah. then like, you know, angry drug dealer mafia family is coming to town to try and buy out the 
woman who digs up graves and turns their bones into, into dust. Um, yeah, this is actually a pretty interesting side of a series. I could totally see this being turned into a TV series too. Lame. Um, tell me about the Valiant book you read this week. Okay, um, so I read the first issue of the latest in the um, Britannia series by Peter Milligan, Robert Gill and Diego Rodriguez. So Britannia is like a... It reminds me a lot of books that I read as a teenager that like that's like historical fiction. So it's loosely based in ancient Rome, where during the um, reign of Emperor Nero, and our lead character is the first like the first ever detective. <laughs> <laughs> so they call him a detectioner, and he like um, is employed by Nero to go solve crimes, basically. So it's like a murder mystery in ancient Rome, and he like the last one was all about um, a female gladiator, and the first series was about his finding his son or something like that and this series is about um, him trying to find the golden eagles that are standards for Nero's army which were lost in a fight in a um, war against Germany but then like I like this series it's clever it's silly it's historically sort of weirdly accurate I missed the last couple of series they always had a um, essay by a historian in the back which was pretty cool um, and they haven't done that this time so I hope they bring that back um, but if that sounds like if that sounds fun to you I like this cool. I can see how it would be very much not your shit but it appeals to me like me in particular or just in general some people's uh, you in particular okay, but great. also just in general <laughs> I hate history everybody <laughs> can stay in the past. Absolutely. Where it belongs. Um, we got from Oni Press this week, The Long Con. Uh, did you read this? It, I did. This was my big surprise of the week. You liked this? Okay, great. <laughs> uh, it's the trash factor again, isn't it? Uh, Dylan McConus uh, wrote this one with Ben Coleman. Illustrations by A. Denish and um, colors by M. Victoria Rabado. Um, and this is a book about, uh, there's like a, you know, a po- post-apocalypse going on and... Um, a, uh, I guess another detective, the he's last a, detective. He's a journalist. He's a journalist, sure. Uh, is sent back to a con. Where, convention. Like, 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 like a convention, like a pop mm-hmm. culture convention, where uh, basically the, the outbreak that led to the uh, the, 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 the apocalypse mm. um, kind of seems to have broken out. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he gets there, he is reacquainted with uh, someone that he once shared a kiss with before the apocalypse. Did they share a kiss? No, nope. they were just friends. No, nope. maybe friends. Oh, it's in my in my fanfic that I wrote for this comic that I read one issue of and didn't like. They kiss. <laughs> I was like fully prepared to hate this because I I really don't like sort of self referential comics about the comic book industry because I'm like who is this for? Literally just people who work at conventions. But then I was like <laughs> working at conventions, <laughs> and I was also weirdly sold by the fact they've really like they really um, went hard at creating some pretty funny like. Uh, properties for within this universe. So there's like a TV series called Hamlet 3000, which I was like, man, I want that TV show. And then the main thing is, um, it's a sort of, I guess they're making fun of Star Trek, the original Star Trek. And so in the back, they have like some gay uh, fan fiction about the two lead characters. Yep. Great. Hilarious. I thought it was just funny. It was funny and silly. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And yeah. I like the art. It definitely was funny and silly. Or at least silly. It was, <laughs> you know, find it funny. <laughs> Uh, that's the long con. If that sounds uh, appealing to you, go pick it up through Oni Press. Um, oh shit! Being stuck at a convention forever. I missed a uh, a Marvel book. Oh, I didn't read this because I didn't really like the first. Yeah, series. I neither did. I don't know why. So basically, they're doing that that, that tricking you thing where it's, it's 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 they're releasing it as a series of one issues with the number one on it. Really, the only people they're tricking is us. Yeah, you and me, because no one else 
has an obligation to read comics with the number one on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they are the series is called Wakanda Forever, and um, each issue is uh, the Dora Milaje essentially and some other characters from Black Panther world. Um, you know, teaming up with uh, other Marvel properties. So we got a Spider-Man one mm-hmm. first, uh, and this is X-Men Wakanda Forever. Um, it's been written by uh, Nerdy Okorafor with pencils by Ray Anthony Height and Alberto Albuquerque, inks by Anthony Height and Albuquerque, Juan Velasco and Keith Champagne, and colors by Eric Arseniega. Niega. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Wakanda, X-Men Wakanda Forever. Um, this is, uh, it really feels hearkening back to like a very old school comic book form of storytelling. Mm. Um, you know, you have, I don't know, just, it just, something just feels really old school about this. Like the, the way the characters are drawn, the way they're interacting together, the kind of, uh, like, yeah, I've never seen Rogue. I haven't seen Rogue look like this in a long time. Her hairstyle kind of changes pretty frequently throughout the issue too. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, uh, oh, it's not bad though. Nakia mm-hmm. from um, from uh, Black Panther the movie um, is actually like a, a kind of a bad character, a bad a villain almost mm. in uh, in in the regular comics, and so it's basically the Dora Milaje trying to track her down, and in this she goes after Storm. Um, and uh, yeah. oh no, I don't think I need to read any more of these. Um, uh, they're not my cup of tea, but they are. You know, if you were looking for a more kind of classic. Uh, 80s era um, or 90s era kind of Black Panther comic featuring lots of characters after enjoying them in uh, the movie. Um, go check out the Wakanda Forever series. Uh, I think that's it. I, know, I've kind of, I read something called Eric Henson's Eden, yeah, I couldn't which was it. like a bizarrely well-drawn book considering the kind of trite, trite, trite nature of uh, trite mm-hmm. nature of, of the story it was telling. But it's like a fantasy book. Okay. Um, it's out through Alterna Comics. And I, I just like that publisher. So yeah, I, I, like gave, I gave it a little do, flick. If, even if I don't heaps like the comics they publish. <laughs> that is it for our uh, First Things First segment for the week. If you want to discuss any of those brand new series, whether or not you liked them or didn't like them, or if you just want to say, hey, Levin's and wrong. Levin's and, Levin's and wrong. Okay. Aww. Wow, sorry. You can't just call me wrong. <laughs> sure, sure wrong. <laughs> um, I was going to say, if you think we were wrong or right, Come and let us know. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. We love hearing from listeners, even if it is to tell us that we were wrong. Um, now we play a game called Roll the Dice to see if we uh, talk about Marvel DC or Image next. And I'm going to roll a DC first. And then after that, I'm going to roll a Marvel. So we're going to talk about DC, Marvel, and then finally Image. Great. Um, DC gave us uh, issue 1001 of Action Comics. Whoa. Um Featuring a, a considerably smaller amount of variant covers than the 1,000th issue got for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this is written by Brian Michael Bendis with um, returning Superman artist, making his move over to Action Comics, um, Patrick Gleason. Lovely to see Patrick Gleason back on. Trying a new style of art too, because this doesn't look like what his Superman in Superman looks like. I feel like it's almost more like the way it's been inked or coloured. Uh, he did his own inks, I guess. He's on the art. The only thing different is Alejandro Sanchez is a colorist on mm, this. Interesting. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I cannot believe what a great job Bendis is doing with Superman. I know. My one, like, it's not even really criticism or disappointment really, is that I thought that um, Action Comics was going to follow the adventures of Lois and, and John Kent in space with yeah. um, Kal-El. Um, sorry, Jor-El. Um, and, uh, and then Superman would be about Superman, but it appears both of them are about Superman. 
Um, I'm so, all right with that. So I guess if, if but, yeah, but it, the classic thing is, I feel like if you want the full story, you're gonna have to read both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to follow like issue to issue. Oh, that's annoying. Makes Don't do that, Bendis. Bendis is Superman almost weekly. Mm. So who knows if my feelings towards this series are going to be continued for uh, you know the rest of it? But uh, but I like I, that he's doing some great things, like kind of almost similar to what Nick Spencer is doing on Spider Man, just taking things back to basics a little bit. Like he works in the newsroom; it's all newsroom based. Yes, totally very journalistic. And uh, you know, so you've got returning characters like you know classic Superman, uh, you know Daily Planet characters like mm-hmm. Perry and. Um, Jimmy, but you also have some new uh, characters. We have a, a gossip columnist mm-hmm. uh, who's prying into why Lois and Clark are not together anymore. Also, is she? No, I was going to be like, is she the? She looks like um, Laney from Chinese Superman. Oh right, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, um, like a similar outfit, I guess. Um, but then uh, we've also got uh, another another um, journalist in there that's kind of becoming a, a bigger. I can't remember, I can't remember what, what she writes, but yeah, she's she's. Uh, She's got her own agenda as well, kind of like looking into the secrets that, that Clark is keeping from the world. And then there's some new bad guy called like the Red Cloud, which I'm like, I don't know if there's ever been a good cloud-based villain. Every time they try and make a cloud bad, we're like, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to choose a color of cloud, red is a good one. Too, it's pretty so spooky. Give them that. It's a spooky yeah. cloud. Um, but yeah, there's someone. There's all these fires that are being lit across the metropolis, and uh, a small kid was paid to frame Superman last issue, and he says that a bald man told him to do it, and so Superman imagines all of the bald enemies he has that could have possibly paid a kid to including, do it, including himself. Uh, I was, oh, Bendis. Bendis. Yeah. What did I say? You said himself, and I was like, like Superman. No, 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 Bendis. Yeah, Bendis himself, um, which is funny. Also, Nick Fury. Is that who Bendis that is? Theory? I don't know. Is, is that, or maybe it's just Bendis with an eye patch and a shaved, shaved goatee. Dan Didio. Hilarious. I love it. Is that, which one's Dan Didio? I think Dan Didio is the one with the moustache and I think that's Bendis. Oh, okay, cool. A lot oh, of yeah. bald men in the Superman offices. Says good, a lot. Good roast. Um, but you also got, you've got Lex and... Parasite. And uh, even Mr. Freeze. And then, it's, then it's even someone different. Anyway, I love this. It's actually great. Yeah, it's and great. also brings back something that Bendis is really good at and that's a, uh, a crime collective kind of showing also, up at the end of this too. Is that Lois? Just Lois yeah. is not in space. Lois so, meanwhile, is in a Lo- hotel writing her memoirs? Yeah, writing The Secrets of Lois Lane, Truth, Justice, and the Kryptonian Way. Or well, I Married an Alien from Out of Space. Yeah, so it. who knows what's going on? She's got some secrets of her own. Mm, this is good. super fun. It's I really, really enjoy this. And uh, When was the last time Superman was like fun? Like pretty recently. <laughs> Like yeah, good while point. we were recording the podcast, yeah, you make both Action point. Comics and Superman were 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 are both at one point my favorite DC book. Mm, true, um, but yeah, this is still really really solid stuff. And but you know what, we haven't had a like top tier, like you know, one of the top ten kind of biggest comic book writers yeah. writing Superman since Jeff Johns. Yeah, and um, it really feels like uh, Bendis is bringing just enough of himself to the book. Yeah, like there are moments Not that feel Bendisy, but like you know, it doesn't feel like oh, beating you over the head, Bendis uh, tropiness yet. It feels um, like he's had this story in his brain for a long time. Yeah, and it's a good story. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so speaking of Jeff Johns, we got the sixth issue. We're officially at the halfway point of uh, Doomsday Clock, the big series that he is doing, in which will apparently merge the Watchmen and DC universes, which um, we've all always wanted. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas, that's what I ask for. Uh, written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank um, and colours by Brad Anderson. Um, Gary Frank. And one thing that was introduced at the start of the series were two characters, uh, Marionette and Mime, with new characters uh, developed by the, this creative team uh, that are kind of 
uh, the version, like they're the new versions of the Punch, Punch and Judy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Punch, Punch and Julie. Julie. Punch and Julie. Um, who were, um, fuck, what's the comic book imprint that the Watchmen characters were originally taken off of? Is it Charleston? Charleston, yeah. That Alan Moore did his own versions of all the Charleston characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, there's a cute little bit, but they've they've kind of kind of grown to be the main characters, I guess, of this of this comic. Yeah, um, the ones who are interacting with. Uh, with the DC universe the most, which is not what I was expecting at all. In fact, we, it's, no. we are halfway and we have not even seen Dr. Manhattan yet. Phew. Um, I hope he's... I don't know what I was going to say then. You don't want to see his... I hope he's got his dick out or something like that. <laughs> Classic Shimbo. Classic. Um, but uh, in spite of not really knowing why this comic is... Mm. <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, you know what? I did enjoy this issue quite a lot. I think that... I mean, it's really hard to not enjoy something that Gary Frank draws. He's so fucking good. Um, and this issue, sort of focusing more on like their own new characters, I found it a bit more compelling. Like, I just don't care about the Watchmen characters coming into the DC universe. I don't find that interesting. But these new characters, like, are pretty. It was pretty fun, and I like the way they draw the Joker, and I like the really classic Joker design. I think it looks great. The classic uh, Riddler costume comes back before yep. uh, the, the comedian shoots Riddler through the knee- kneecap. <laughs> So this is that somewhat... The Joker kills the comedian. Sorry, didn't mean to spoil that, but... Wait, does he? Shoots him. Shoots him. Oh, yeah. The whole time, the Joker's wheeling Batman around in a wheelchair. I don't think the comedian's dead. He doesn't shoot him. He uses a um a laughing Ah, right. He a just zapper. zaps him. He just zaps him. There's no way he's dead. The comedian will never die in a comic. <laughs> he dies in the first issue of Watchmen. Good. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> um... So yeah, I'm like I don't I still don't understand why this comic needs to exist, but like I'm still like when it comes out, I'm, I'm I think it's fun. And it is a little bit too like beating you over the head with like this is serious, all right? This is real life. People yeah. die. And yeah. People fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doctor Freeze's, uh, Mister Freeze's henchmen say shit multiple yeah. times in this issue. Huh? How's that for your adult superhero universe? Comics everybody? aren't for kids anymore, right, buddy? Um, let's move over. Granddad's Watchmen. Let's move over to the new age of heroes. Stop talking about these stupid old heroes. Stop talking about some Ugh, new ones. Gross old heroes. Um, I only like the Silencer. The Terrifics as well is a comic that I enjoy. Um, it's written by Jeff Lemire. I didn't enjoy it at first because it was drawn by Rod Reyes, but then when Doc Shayna took over, it was suddenly one of my favorite comics of the week. Um, and unfortunately, now- he didn't stick around. So Joe Bennett. Um, who I like, but not on the same level as Doc Shana, uh, takes over as uh, a storyteller, not as an artist. Is Doc Shana coming back? Uh, I, you assume so. I I, so. It really it felt like his book. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, we've got inks by Sandra Hope and Matt Santarelli and colors by Hi-Fi. This it's is- kind of feels, sorry, but it feels kind of bullshit of DC trying to do this whole like, ah, see the artist, we see them as equals, but then they're like, but yeah. also we can't be bothered waiting yeah. for you to finish Interchangeable an issue. equals. Yeah. Ludicrous. Not They're one. All the creators. Not one artist that that stuck that, that, that began on one of these books. Yeah. I don't think has stuck around for for any like you know longer than four or five issues. Anyway, still a good issue. Um, yeah. So they they do the same thing that happened last issue where we spend um, each like basically each page is div- divided into four panels and each panel is de- dedicated to one member of the team. So Mister Terrific, um, Plastic Man, Metamorpho, and what's her name? Invisible Phantom Girl. Um, and uh, yeah, and then when a, they when they meet up, then the it becomes two panels or one panel, and it's clever. I like it's I like really that. really good. It works really well. Um, and I think that's that that shepherded in the new artist really well. Yeah, it still feels familiar compared to the last issue. Um, but here they are battling a you know someone who's made of the same thing that Metamorpho is made of. He's trying to become powerful and take over the world. And uh, there's a real kind of classic 
feel to this this the adventures that these character these characters are having having. It's very explicitly playing with like classic Fantastic Four. Definitely. Like the new villain is called Doctor Dread. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And um, looks exactly like Doom. It's really fun. You know, it's it's like kind of like flavor of the week adventure. Um, but it's really enjoyable. Yeah, and then like the um, it's all going to tie into like the Tom Strong universe as well. Mm. Cool. Has Tom Strong already been in the series? I feel like he was in like, yeah, one of the Yeah, he popped up in an early issues. issue. Yeah, while well, uh, I was, well, I was still like humming and ahhing about the series. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to seeing I, I hope uh, Shana comes back to Same. draw that because I love Tom Strong's outfit. Yeah, yeah. Shana's the right choice for this book. Um, Silencer, The Silencer, um, had gave us issue seven this week, uh, written by Dan Abnett with art by Victor Bogdanovich. Um, Fuck up, Victor, Victor Bogdanovich. It's so great. I mean, he, he took over as the replacement for um, John Romita Jr. And I think he's doing a better job than Marina Jr. did. And mm-hmm. I really liked what Romita Jr. was doing. Uh, we also got colors on this one by Sean Spicer. I like what? My, sorry, Mike Spicer. Oh, my like, bad. Um, I like the colors too. Yep, me too. There's something kind of uh, a little bit like faded out and dated about them, but I like it. Yeah. Um, this is uh, a book about an ex-assassin who is able to, um, well, in this issue we learn she's able to kind of create her costume out of nothing. It's great. Um, and then uh, she can, with a click of her fingers, put a bubble of silence around her prey and uh, kill them in silence that no one else around them can hear. Mm-hmm. And in this, uh, she's basically, after trying to kill um, Talia al Ghul at the end of our last issue. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Her, she and her family are flying to take take her out once and for all. Mm-hmm. Except her family think that they're just going on a vacation, and uh, two assassins have uh, tagged along for the ride. And so we see her fight them on the plane, and uh, and and use one of their bodies to to fill just a hole back up. <laughs> um, this is just really fun. It just is. It's good. It has like a good amount of trashiness to yep. it. And it's a real page turner. Yep. Um, Bogdanovich's art is great. The colors are wonderful. And this is like, yeah, a really breezy read. Totally. Just, and the way that it interacts with the DC universe, I really like. It's not sort of uh, 
it doesn't hinge on other continuity, but you know, you get little references to other DC characters, and it's very grounded. It's a very small story, sort of just pretty much about her and her life and her family. I think it's really good, really clever. It's the kind of stuff that I love. Yeah, so we've gotten you know basically links to all like assassin characters in the world, so mm. in the universe so far. So we've got uh, Talia Al Ghul, obviously. Deathstroke had an arc, um, and now we have uh, Mister Quietus. Mm-hmm. Is he someone? No, I don't know. No, I like his I like his face. Yeah, it's very um Kirby. Real fun. Um, mm. Really enjoy this island. I think the first trade must be out pretty soon. So um, that gets my absolute seal of recommendation. Absolutely. Which is made of wax. Nice. Um, Detective Comics 985 this week, written by Brian Michael Hill, um, mm-hmm. with art by... Is his name really Brian Michael Hill? or No, I, I keep... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just because of Bendis. Yeah, you're right. It's just Brian Hill. Uh, Philippe Briones on art and uh, Adriano Lucas on colours. I'm going to Google Brian Michael Hill while Siobhan tells us what happened in this issue. So this is like someone, this bad guy is like, ah, oh, Batman, your family makes you weak. Get rid of all of your family. Um, and then then he does. <laughs> so I just realized why I call him Brian Michael Hill. Why? Because Brian Hill writes Michael Cray. Uh, yeah, yep, there, there you go. go. Um, yeah, so the, 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 this... This villain that is, you know, taking a... He want, basically wants Batman to... He, he commands Batman, give the bodies of the uh, his, of his Bat family to him. Mm. So, he basically kill Batgirl, yes. kill Cass, kill um Or Duke. he's going to kill this bus full of children. Yeah. And so, that is the predicament that Batman finds himself in. And I know that it's sounds so over the top and dark and grisly, but uh, Brian Hill handles it really well. And this is a really fun series. Absolutely. And I think one of the, my favorite things that he's brought in is uh, the presence of Black Lightning as like a sort of team leader almost for mm-hmm. the Bat fam. So, he's kind of like, guys, I said I'd look after you while Batman's off solving this crime. So, we're just going to sit here and watch Netflix. <laughs> but I like that like in, in Metropolis, Black Lightning has a job. Yeah. And uh, as a teacher. And so, he's just told them that he has the flu. And so, that's yeah. what he's doing while he's <laughs> looking after these bat children. It's great. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's a really fun, different take on, uh, on, on, a, on a bat series. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, what do you got? Some more, okay. some more DC books. Yes. So, I read a couple of books, which are not number ones, but they're the start of new creative team. So, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, so... And, uh, the latest arc on Teen Titans, written by Adam Glass, um, with art by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Maiolo on colours. Do you know what Adam Glass has done before this? Adam Glass, he's like mostly a TV writer, I think. Okay, right. And he's done some other comics, which I, I quite enjoyed. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll check this out. Um, and so the cover is like pretty tragic. Yeah. It was like... wasn't very... Uh... Robin squatting and pouting, which is like not exactly <laughs> very Robin. Um, pouting is good. Yeah. It's pretty on brand. Yeah. Um, but so this is the team of Robin, Kid Flash is in the new um, Wally West, mm-hmm. Red Arrow, who's is she Green Arrow's Green Arrow and someone else's daughter, Amiko. Um, Roundhouse, some dude is like, I have a really great YouTube channel and I can turn into a ball and he's like a fat bald kid. Crush, who is Lobo's daughter, apparently, <laughs> and Jin, a four thousand year old teenager. So she's like a genie okay. from the past. And this just wasn't good. They, I, at first, I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like the first, um, the first scene is them taking down Brother Blood and the Church of Blood, which is like classic Teen Titans villain. Um, but from there, it's just like it's just not that interesting. And it's all sort of like Robin's like, "We're going to do the jobs that the Justice League are too weak to do." So Robin's made his own like crazy criminal prison where he's like, "No one leaves," and it's just got all <laughs> these like minor Teen Titans villains chained up in there. And you're like, "This seems." Uh, bad and like it's not going to last very well and it tries quite hard to be like 
funny and like pop culture referency, and I just don't think it works, frankly. So where frankly, I don't think it works. Where are Starfire and Beast Boy at the moment? Are they going to show they're up in, in, a, in another Justice League book? Is that right? So there's still the Titans comic, which oh, I think is right. what they're in. Um, oh, yeah. But I have no idea what, what's going on with, with that okay. because it's bad. Right. Um, but better than that, so issue 51 of Wonder Woman. And I stopped reading Wonder Woman when What's-His-Face was writing it. James Robinson. James Robinson. Because that was not good. Um, but man, this Who? had such a good cover that I was like, okay. Is it Steve so, Orlando? Uh, yeah. So this is the first um, issue of the... Steve Orlando. Which we know is a film run, run before uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick takes over. Kelly Sue DeConnick's going on Wonder Woman? Yeah. I thought she was doing Aquaman. <laughs> yes, she is. Who's doing Wonder Woman? I don't know. Fuck. No, um, G. Willow Wilson. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, that's going to be good. Um, but so this is Steve Orlando writing with Laura Braga as the artist Romulo Fiato Jr. on colors. Um, and such a gorgeous art germ cover. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. Such a good cover. And so I. Loved this issue. This wow, issue, cool. like, really, really genuinely loved it as a just one and done standalone um, issue. This is about Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's commitment to justice in like a very thorough way. So it's about a villain called something. I can't think of what her name is. Mayfly Moon mm-hmm. Robinson, um, and this is just about a year of Wonder Woman visiting her every single week. And their conversations and the healing process and all this stuff. Like, I, I know it's kind of a bit of a cop out that Wonder Woman is the only superhero who ever wins the day with the power of love. But um, I think this is like a great example of why Wonder Woman's like a great hero and like different to all the other superheroes. She's not just Batman who's going to chuck someone in Arkham and forget all about them. She goes back and she's like committed. Um, and it was really sweet and really great. And there were some great action sequences and the art's excellent. Cool. Steve Orlando seems to have a really good grasp of the character. Sold. I wonder yeah. if, how many he's going to do. Don't know. If the but fact, I'll read The, the fact that this is a one-shot doesn't, doesn't bode well, but uh, yeah. um, I'll, I'll read this. Love this a standalone cool. little one-and-done issue. Yeah, though. me too. Uh, so finally from DC through their young animal imprint, we got the penultimate issue of Mother Panic Gotham AD, written by issue. Jody Hauser with art by Ibrahim Mustafa and Jordan Boyd on colours. Um, and this is uh, set in a parallel universe to the regular DC universe, which Mother Panic and uh, a random young girl who has become also a vigilante slash killer. Then uh, Fox. Um, they're kind of being transported to, um, and uh, they uh, go to different DC heroes or villains for, for help in taking down the kind of main villain in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's also another villain, and that is... Uh, What's his name? Jason Todd is uh, is kind of becoming the Joker of sorts. Yeah, he's like, what if Batman was very evil? Because he's well, he's, he basically he kills the Joker very early on in this run, and then he's he's become kind of becoming like you know a very a bad joke, bad bad man, bad Batman. That's a that's my best pun yet, I think. Um, and uh, look, the book is a lot better than I made it out to sound. Yeah, yeah, it's a good issue. I'm sad that we're gonna see this wrapping up soon because I think Jody Houses does such a great job of really making like Mother Panic a compelling, well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. Um, I even love this like alternate universe Gotham. Yes, I think it's really cool, really well fleshed out. It's really funny. I'm bummed though we got in the last few issues we got like a little bonus story which told a tale set in this alternate universe mm. that didn't involve Mother Panic mm-hmm. and we didn't get that this time. True. What gives? What gives? You jerks. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm enjoying this. We've got one issue left. Um, I think it will, it will wrap itself up quite nicely. Absolutely. Um, so now we move over to Marvel. 
for another big stack of comics that we're going to talk about right now. Mm. Starting with X23, number two. Yes, please. Uh, written by Mariko Tamaki, um, with art by Juan Cabal and colors by Nolan Wooded. Uh, this is the uh, story... This is the, sorry. This is the uh, comic book featuring uh, Laura Kinney, aka X twenty three, aka the once all new Wolverine, and her good friend Gabby, aka Honey Badger. Um, and uh, if you listen to our review of the first issue a couple of weeks ago, we loved this new take of the series after mm-hmm, loving mm-hmm. Tom Taylor's take on the character, um, and which kind of uh, introduced like the idea that that well, that X twenty three is now kind of taking on clone. Basically, like she's like a she. She specifically is like a solving clone crimes. That's right. Thank you. Sometimes you just got better words than me. You got the best words. Um, and uh, the clone crime that we uh, that they've become victims of in this mm-hmm, issue mm-hmm. is uh, involving the Cuckoo Sisters, um, the once five blonde clones of Emma Frost mm-hmm. that are now three, but we learn uh, are still five, kind of, maybe four at this point. But uh, they're up to some real dark shit, trying to bring back the dead Cuckoo Sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it now looks like they've uh, kidnapped Gabby to try and, uh, I guess, either help or make worse of the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but man, this good is issue. A, such a fun issue. Yeah, Juan Cabal is like so good. He really has given like a really distinctive voice to I think um, all of the X twenty three comics recently. Especially his his take on Gabby is just like that's that's my Gabby. Yep, absolutely. And the cuckoos are so great. And I think Mariko Tamaki's done a great job of uh, taking what Tom Taylor set up and just running with it. And you know, we we talked a lot about clones and kidnapping and action and and like you know crime fighting. But the heart of this is just the con- the relationship between Gabby and Laura, which absolutely. is as strong as it's ever been. And Basically, Gabby wants to celebrate a birthday, but clones don't have birthdays. Mm. And they've carried that story. That's like kind of like the main driving force of their relationship at the moment. Mm-hmm, and it's really mm-hmm. sweet and tragic, and I love it. Yep. This is a great, great comic. Great comic. Um, so you should definitely pick it up, everybody. X23. It's real good. Even if you were like, I don't know, I feel like that when, when that character was introduced, it was almost like a joke character, huh? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. funny, like what a beloved character she is now. Absolutely. Um, so let's go through a couple other second issues of uh, recently new uh, Marvel series. We've got the Century issue number two, written by Jeff Lemire by, and with art by Kim Jacinto, Joshua Casara, and Rain Barreto. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a new uh, series featuring another character that was viewed as a joke for a while, mm-hmm, the Century, mm-hmm. who is uh, kind of billed as the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. But that you've never heard of. Yeah, and but the thing is though, once you have the Century, you also have the Void, which mm. is within the Century, who is the biggest source of evil in the Marvel Universe. And so, you, yeah, they kind of just got rid of him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but here he is, back and forced to live a mundane uh, life of uh, a kind of like diner grillman. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And when he gets home, he then enters like a kind of virtual reality version of a city in which he can be the sentry just to keep the void at bay. Yeah. So um, every day he has to clock in and defeat the void in this kind of pretend fantasy sentry world. Otherwise, the void will genuinely escape. And Lemire wrote it, so it's super depressing. I wasn't so sure of this series at the first issue, but after the second issue, I'm like, oh, this is a great series. Yeah, it's one that's quite hard to explain to people and a bit of a hard sell, I think, because it does rely on like a, quite a bit of prior knowledge. And the, the basic concept is like a bit, it's pretty comic booky and like a bit confusing. Um, but once you've like accepted all that stuff, it's so good. Yeah. It's so great. It really it's, is. It's about like, you know, it's sort of classic Jeff Lemire themes of like, 
aging and not being in your prime anymore and not feeling like a hero anymore. Being walked over all the time by everybody. And family. And there is an amazing twist at the end of this issue that um, like yeah. seems so fucking obvious, but I didn't see it coming and it was a nice little shock. Totally. At the end. Yeah. It was great. Lemire, uh, unsurprisingly. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Jeff Lemire is great at writing yeah, comic books. Yeah, totally. But I didn't know. I, I was like, oh, maybe maybe this isn't one I need to read, but I'm, I'm yeah. You have to. I'm sure it's going to be like this. Will have like probably five or six issues tops. Like, but it, yeah. it's 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 going to be a good little mini. Absolutely. Um, this is actually confirmed to be a mini too. Um, Multiple Man, um, the series written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Andy McDonald and colors by Tamara Bonvillain. I can't be bothered with this. Well, it's only got five issues. This is issue two of five. It sounds like that is also Siobhan's review of the book comic too. Yes. Two out of five. Two out of five. Um, but there's Art's this, good. Colors are great. Yeah. Everyone looks so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is like a crazy time travel, uh, multiple man mm. uh, adventure romp. Um, that should be more fun than I found it, but uh, I'm still having some amount of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think some of the humor is lost on me um, because it's so ridiculous, um, but also kind of tries to keep a straight face about cer- certain things. Yeah. But if you're a fan of the character, there's a lot of... Yes. Um, Tidbits are related to Madrox's past and heaps of X Factor references. Layla Miller is in this, mm-hmm, and her mm-hmm. son, um, Davy Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you uh, read X Factor, you know that Layla Miller was uh, married to Madrox at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have Forge's severed head in a robot body. Love a Forge appearance. And then we have. What uh, else did Forge show up in recently? Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. I think. Okay. I think I read it. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe one of the number ones. Was he in um, Mr. and Mrs. X, maybe? I don't know. Or is he in, like, X-Men Red at the moment? I can't remember. Okay, nice. Let us, let us know. If, if you are Forge, Where's let us Forge? know where you were. Hashtag Forge Wash. <laughs> Forge Wash. Great. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I might drop this, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, kind of good, but not... Not, not good enough. Not good enough for me. <laughs> I'm being strict at the moment. Yeah, you have to be, huh? Yeah. Uh, final number two from Marvel this week is The Amazing Spider-Man, number two, written by Nick Spencer, with art by Ryan Otley. Um, who honestly is reason enough to read the fucking series. God damn, this is a good looking book. And it is. Ryan Otley is one of those people that you're like, I, you were supposed to draw Spider-Man. Yes. Like, your style is so perfect for Spider-Man. We have inks by Cliff Rathburn and colors by Laura Martin. It's a great team um, in which Nick Spencer just, I feel like he's just, oh, he's found found his home. He's <laughs> able to balance like a good amount of drama with like fun humor that never overstays its welcome. And it's really referential to all the other books that he's done for Marvel so far. <laughs> so much so that when we were reading Secret Empire, um, there were two characters in it, um, two characters who were hired by Hydra at one point, but they were just like, Two dumb bad guys that uh, um, Nick Spencer wrote in his Secret Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. no, sorry, sorry, Secret Avengers run as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are the Black Ant and Taskmaster. And I remember when we were reviewing Secret Empire, I said, just give these guys their own book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here they are as kind of like goons for hire uh, in this issue of Spider Man. I have thought that Taskmaster is like a goon for hire type. I he's know that he absolutely. is because yeah. Yeah, but he's like a bigger villain than that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, he's been he's, he's, he's been knocked down a few notches in recent years. But it's also, it's not so self-referential that you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, a la Grant Morrison. But um, if you, for some reason, have read every single thing Nick Spencer's written for Marvel, which is a weird thing to realize about yourself. Yes. Um, you're, there's lots of fun little treats. And there's lots of... This was a really funny issue. I like it when he asks um, Taskmaster if that's his real face or if it's a mask, because that is the question I've been asking for years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that, and that's that's just like part of this issue. The most part of like you know, we learn that um, the lizard is uh, Kurt Connors has uh, you know developed a serum that allows him to stop being a lizard mm-hmm. again. Uh, but this time he's working. Um, he's dead off to the government. Um, 
by teaching at university. Yeah, and he's also sold multiple million dollars worth of uh, patents to mm-hmm. the government as well, which is kind of why they're being extra kind to him. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the issue, Spider-Man comes face-to-face with Peter Parker. Such a classic, like, superhero comic Oh, particularly moment. Spider-Man. Like, particularly Spider-Man, yeah. particularly Superman. And I think it's so... I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Good job, mm. Spencer. Definitely. Like, I think after... I don't even hate his MJ. No, like, his MJ's really I'm, like, good. He's so shit at writing women. Um, um, his MJ's all right. Well, I love Otley's take, like drawing yeah, of the MJ. Gorgeous. Especially because she looks like Eve a little bit from uh, from Invincible, right. um, with the bright red hair. Actually, Eve is absolutely just an analogy for MJ, isn't she? There you go. <laughs> um, so uh, those are all the twos. But guess what? They also released a two, uh, sorry, a four, an eight, and a thirty-three. Whoa! And at one hundred ninety-seven. Amazing. Um, so let's talk about Venom number four. You didn't read this Venom. one. It's written by Donny Cates um, and uh, art by Ryan Stegman. Um, colors by J.P. Mayer. Sorry, inks by J.P. Mayer and colors by Frank Martin. Um, and uh, this is basically kind of like setting up the idea that Venom is more than just a lone symbiote floating through space and links it back to a god who had things taken away from him by Thor. So it links into Jason Aaron's initial Thor God of Thunder run in a way that like, I was like, oh, cool, that works. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we have the issue ending with uh, Miles Morales and, and Venom trying to take down this crazy venom god who then turns into a dragon and flies them into space so that's a fucking cool way to end that is pretty stegman cool. draws the absolute shit out of this he it's is another so person good. that you're like ah you've been waiting to draw venom for a long time he's so good at drawing black goop <laughs> the ultimate compliment uh so yeah fun stuff like cool. kate, kate definitely felt like a donny kate's comic um when, when all the nutty shit is explained in a, yeah. in a way that's pretty satisfying uh, so, The Thing and Human Torch showed up in Marvel 2 and 1, issue number 8 this week, written by Chip Zdarsky and uh, art by Ramon Perez. Who looks really rushed in this issue, which yeah. is disappointing. Um, colors by Federico Blee. Um, but this issue felt completely different to every issue of this run so far in that it's uh, Johnny and Ben Grimm um, just kind of stranded. Powerless. Um, on it's this, very Black Hammer. Yes, on this alternate uh, timeline. Um, and uh, they finally... Johnny finally confronts Ben about the kind of fate of, of his, uh, his sister and her husband and, and his uh, niece and nephew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I knew this was coming at some point. I did not expect it to be as kind of bleak and straight-faced as, uh, as this was. And it was quite it's emotionally affecting. does. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then... Uh, dick joke, dick joke, dick joke. And then devastating emotional yeah, scene. Yeah, totally. We learned from Matt Fraction, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is still a good issue. Just, uh, you know, you, you don't even see... Johnny Storm flame on because he can't at the moment and mm-hmm. Ben Grimm is a regular dude. And he nearly dies in a fire. Yep. It was good. Irony. Um, yeah, still really good, but yeah. And then I, an evil Fantastic Four shows up at the end. Great. Great, great, great. Featuring the Tinkerer, right? Yep. Yeah, the Thinker. Sorry, the Thinkerer. Not the Thinkerer. The Mad Thinker. Isn't it? Anyway. They are different. They're different. Right, the, okay. the Tinker is a spidey character. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, issue number 33, written up, featuring an excellent uh, cover this week. Yeah. Um, Brandon Montclair wrote this one with Natasha Bustos on art and Tamara Bonvillan on colors as usual. Um, and uh, this uh, is still kind of like a part two or five of the um, s- the story featuring um, Kingpin's uh, adopted daughter mm-hmm. uh, attending the same school as Moon Girl. Um, and uh, features something that they kind of forgot for a while, and that is that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur occasionally swap brains. And so yeah. Moon Girl's stuck in Di- Devil Dinosaur's body while he wreaks havoc in hers. So funny. There's nothing funnier than a little girl running around 
like a dinosaur. That's not what Moon Girl thinks because she does not find it funny at all. in this issue she develops technology to put a stop to that forever. Mm-hmm. But it backfires. And now. Dinosaur's a cute little boy. Yeah. Cute. Great series. Love it. Love this shit. Yeah. There's a, like, <laughs> there's a moment in this where we see. Um, Kingpin having dinner with his newly adopted daughter and I feel like they really nail something so like central about the Kingpin in this where he goes um I should teach you that we can't always get what we want in life but that would be a lie we can you can have everything you want if you want it bad enough and then gives her a cake for dinner (laughs) great (laughs) so good after eating an entire steak on, on, on one fork yes good stuff love it um, I did not read Moon Knight 197 because okay. I, was, I was given 196 right. by the incompetent staff at the comic book store that I got received my comics from. Um, so this is... I'm just trying to flick through to remind myself what happened. But this, it's the return of um, Jason Burroughs on art. Yes, Max, who is great. Written by Max Bemis as usual. Um, and so this is a secret society of fucked up bros. Um, so there's like the the Society des Sadiq. So they're oh, sadists. Sadists. So there's a photographer who's so clearly based on who's that bro Terry, whatever his face is, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Icky I, guy. Yep. Yeah. Ter- Terry, guy. icky, gross dude with Richardson? a bald. Yeah, anyway. that's it. Terry Richardson. Um, and then there's like a lady crime lord, and then there's a uh, podcaster Siobhan Coombs is there. Yeah, absolutely. For all of those terrible crimes she did. Anyway, and then so it's just a bunch of people who are sadists who are fucked up, and then Moon Knight shows up at the end, like I want to join because I'm Moon Knight, <laughs> um, and now I'm gonna kill you all. Fun. And it's good, good fun, good silly fun. Oh shit! Oh. I just skimmed through, and yeah, there is yeah. a reveal linking back to uh, a previous issue that yep. I was not expecting at all. Yep, it's good. Wow, cool. I think Max Venus uh, is doing a really great job. Yeah, Moon me too. Totally uh, agree. I'm, I'm excited to see Jason Barrow's back. I, I did a bad job of that, but it's actually a great issue. Hey, we do a bad job it. pretty frequently. Absolutely. Mostly true. it's me though, so it's good for you know you, you to like share share this with also, me. Also, is that a Becky Cloonan cover? Uh, yeah, she's doing all the covers to this uh, series. Becky Cloonan. She's real good. Uh, I wanted to write a comic again though, because I loved her Punisher so I much. Know, that was so good. She's doing something soon, isn't she? I hope she's so. Writing and drawing something. Mm. Oh, cool. I hope so. Um, so now we now talk about Image and that fifty-fourth issue that we uh, t- tease at the beginning of the episode. Saga issue number fifty-four. Now again, we are going to be going full spoilers on this next week. We would love your input. Um, mm-hmm. You can get in touch with us via our Facebook group, which is facebook.com/slash/group/slash/seriousissuespodcast under the Saga thread that I'm going to make there tonight, or you can email us direct seriousissues at kingscomics.com um, and I'll make sure Siobhan reads her emails before we record next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, Saga 54, um, it brings to the end of not just this arc but also the series for at least a year because the uh, even though there is there is an absolutely shocking ending to this issue, uh, an even bigger shock comes mm, after that mm. when um, Brian K. Vaughan announces that uh, he and Fiona Staples are going to be taken, taking um, a break Ugh. from the series. God, in- what a... Pst- God. I've yeah, I kind of like you know. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> can't deal with it. I know that. I know it. that he's going to do something very good with this shocking thing that happens. Of course, of course. I did not like it when it happened, especially the way it happens is yeah. a very tropey uh, comic book. Yeah, true. Something true, true, suddenly true. appears in the middle of someone that should not be there, mm. but you know, whatever. But it's Brian K. Vaughan, and it's so well paced, and the whole issue is like. Beautiful because it's Fiona Staples and it's tough and it's earned. Yep. I think. I think Brian K. Vaughan is, you know, he he's the king of like just horrifying cliffhangers and gut wrenching moments and devastating deaths and all that sort of stuff. I still don't think this beats the 
really, really affecting death of someone midway through this series. This will be a lot less cryptic when we do our spoiler episode. Yeah. But uh, this was still pretty affecting. Like, I think that it comes... rank the worst deaths? <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's do that for sure. Great, cool. Um, rank When you write into us, rank, rank the saga deaths. Yeah, your most affecting saga death. This has got to be up there for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I never feel like he's just doing it for shock value. It's always... There's always a point, and like uh, I think he's good at dealing with things like sex and death, which are inherent oh, yeah. parts of life. And have you? Have you? You've people read, so not willing to deal with it. You've read the finale of Why the Last Man, right? Yeah, yeah. God. I, I cried on a train. Yeah, it's it's devastating, but it's like perfect. Um, yeah, he often will pick the least deserving to go, and I feel like that's what he did in this issue. Yeah, <laughs> one of the least, anyway. I don't um, know. That was a that was tough for me. Tough. Yeah, me too. Very very tough. Um, and especially because it's hot on the heels of another one from last week. Last issue, I mean, he didn't, didn't barely gave us breathing room, and then, know, and then another know. one. So this arc has been this arc's kill count is quite quite large. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting my big uh, image box down and f- flicking through all my saga issues. Yeah, collection that I'm very proud of. Yeah, going back and rereading um, from because I read the first trade again, mm-hmm. just the first six issues, and man, you know, you you would never think that we would be where we are yeah, now. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it's Saga 54. Um, we'll give much more in-depth review, and we'd love for you to join us um, to do that. Um, head over to um, those things that I always say at the end of every episode to find us there. Nice. Royal City, issue number 13. Uh, we are close to the end of this series, too. And weirdly, this issue came out a week after the last one. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know why. Um, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Um, last week, we said that this was uh, our favorite kind of Lemire. When he writes and draws a uh, very, you know, personal feeling story. This is about um, a family who all of their lives fucking suck. And uh, you can link it to the death of their youngest member mm-hmm. many years ago in the 90s. Um, we've spent some time seeing exactly how that character died over the last arc. And now we pick up the pieces and I guess kind of start trading towards a happy ending for these characters, including yeah. one who was going to meet a very, very grim end in yeah. this issue and... Uh, uh, looks like things might even be, you know, as positive for him as possible at the end of this. There's something like even in the most depressing Jeff Lemire comics like this, or like uh, what was that one he did about the hockey player that we talked about last week? I, I remember. I remembered called. last week. I can't, I'm not. I can't expect me to remember things twice. Anyway, two, two weeks rough, in a row. Rough house. Roughneck. Roughneck. Um, there's something really like life affirming mm. about everything. Like this issue just makes made my heart feel full. There's so many moments, like the the moment between his parents, where they both sort of admit to each other that they've been in different relationships, but they're but they're still best friends. I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, I just think he's, yeah, it's it, it's not what this kind of thing that you'd normally expect from an American comic, and I think that he is very very. Yeah, that's a real. Also, he's not American. He's Canadian. Mm, that's the secret. Mm. That's the secret to being a good American comic book writer. Be from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one more issue of this left. I think this is this is another candidate for. Uh, Man, I just love it. Sorry, spo- I'm getting emotional episode. looking at it. I yeah. just love it. Beautiful. I love Royal Beautiful City. series. So good. Uh, so De- Descender is another oh, uh, the final issue? Jeff Lemire book. It is. Um, Jeff Lemire wrote this book with art by Dustin Nguyen. This has been a um, kind of sci-fi series about AI and um, our, our relationship with robots. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, would it freak you out to know that this, uh, like basically. Um, this is not the end of this story and okay. that this actually gives way basically like in setting up at the end of Descender, we, um, we, we kind of see everything destroyed pretty much. Great. And then we cut to 10, 10 years later and we meet a new character. Um, and, uh, this, and a story, the story continues uh. in Ascender. Uh. 
which starts um, later in the year, six cool. months six months on from now. That's cool. Yeah, really cool. cool. Yeah, it d- did not feel cheap at all. I was like, it, it, it felt. I have to say that this this series didn't reach the end point that it did. It has some great end moments for some characters, but as a whole, the story didn't feel like it ended the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Lemire says as much as that in in his kind of um, uh, kind of epilogue writing at mm-hmm. the end, uh, his post post credit scene, uh, where he says that he uh, you know he, he had an ending in his head for this, and then realized that wasn't satisfying at all, and then he had a much bigger story to tell. So mm. this is a book that struggled with sales, I think. Like it's one of the least selling Lemire books um, mm-hmm. on the shelves. It's really good. You have until the end of the year to catch up, and um, I think you should set, you should li- yeah, live like by to. example okay. and uh, pick those mm-hmm. trades up because right. it's really fun. This would be so like you can they're, they're pretty quick reads uh, yeah. each issue and um, the art is by I mean Dustin Nguyen is he's the so best. Good. I love Dustin Nguyen. Um, and I uh, miss him on Detective Comics. I'm really happy that, that he's sticking around to do the second take on this because yeah, cool. I, yeah you know you can imagine the he'd get a lot of money if he did more stuff with DC or Marvel. Yeah, but uh, well, actually I think probably he gets more money from Image, but anyway, just because he owns it. Um, yeah, but whatever. I'm, I'm stoked that this series isn't over. Yeah, cool. And I'm looking forward to Ascender. I just love Jeff Lemire. He's, it's, I feel like I've read so much of his work now. You know that weird thing where you're like, oh, I feel like I know you. <laughs> like, I get your vibe now. Yeah, well, that we, we should do our Lemire deep dive episode. That would yeah. be really great. We rank, like we rank his comics from yeah. saddest to least sad. <laughs> I think I've got like maybe like two things of his that I haven't read. Oh, yeah. I haven't read his Frankenstein series and I haven't read his Green Arrow series. Oh, I don't think I've read either. And I, there's, either. A, there's a few things oh. missing from the um, Old Man Logan as well that he, that he's written. I read bits and pieces of his Green Arrow. I read all of his Bloodshot recently, and that was great. So good. You, so good. You should catch up with the other one. That, yeah, it's the so good. great. It really is. Um, anyway, last uh, image book for us now is Shanghai Red, um, written by Christopher Sabella, with art by Joshua Hickson, and uh, colours by Hassan Otsman El um, and um, Lady Pirate. Yeah, Irish so lady pirate. We loved the first issue, um, but um, you know we don't really have a history of loving Christopher Sabella's comics as a mm. whole. And uh, the first issue I thought was an amazing. Like I thought it could have been a one shot because mm. it was quite a uh, a full yes. complete story um, of uh, of revenge. Basically, a, a woman who's been uh, um, who who poses as a man and um, is is basically sold to a pirate ship, mm-hmm. um, and after serving out like you know however many years, she's told that she can have a freedom, but instead she kills the uh, the pirates and takes mm-hmm. over the ship, and then sails back to her old hometown to seek revenge and also find her mama and sister. Yeah, and so we learn. And her mom's name is Siobhan. <laughs> and she <Great>. dead. She <laughs> dead. Uh, R.I.P. Me. But uh, th- that's only a small tidbit of this story, um, and uh, it looks like the future is going to be about her rekindling a relationship with her with her sister, who mm-hmm. is now like the a madam, a madam of a uh, of a house for for women of the night. <laughs> is that what they're called? Yeah, a house Jacket. for women of the night. I think they were still probably called brothels then, right? Or dens of ill repute. That's I like that. I should have gone with that. Um, I still liked this, but I do find the art a little bit confusing because the character designs aren't super distinctive and the character changes her hair colour in this and it's not really ever that clear when it's her, I don't think. Yeah, And then sure. there's this moment where she's like, oh, that's my sister. And you're like, is it? <laughs> How am I supposed to know? Um, but I, I do like this. Yeah, me I too. I do like this. It's cool. It's just like a still, straight up sort of grindhousey revenge comic. Yeah, totally. I think I think the the you you, you even though you might be confused for like a panel, you quickly yeah, realize yeah. who who's who. Unless Whoa, what is that like cover? Like, yes, yeah, good cover, huh? What cover did you get? Who did that? Don't know. R W. Who could that be? Doesn't say who it is. Robin Williams. 
Shit, man, that's a really good cover, the variant. Someone find out who the variant cover is. Oh, Rob Rev, um, Thingo Williams the fourth. No. It says R W I V, so it's someone the fourth, right? Yes. Okay. I we should know that. It, <laughs> it kind of looks like Mike Allred. Yeah, it does, huh? Really good. Anyway, this is not good uh, podcasting, probably. <laughs> uh, but it is the <laughs> end of our, but, it, but it is the end of the image reviews, and uh, now we move on to the last thing we do in each episode. Yeah, and that so is, this is Robert Williams Wilson the fourth. There. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, right. There you go. I could have just fucking read. All right, Robert Wilson the fourth. Good on you. Great podcasting. Uh, other publishers, Siobhan, okay. how many have you got? Three. I got four. Okay. What was the one that I read that you didn't? Oh, yeah. yeah, just quickly. Oh, yeah. Regular show, 25 years later. Oh, it's you a, like that one. Yeah, it's through Kaboom. It's a Cartoon Network um, property um, that, you know, I, I like the show Adventure Time, but I don't really connect with the comics that much unless Ryan North wrote them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, regular show. I've tried to read the comics before and didn't really like it because mm-hmm. I feel like there's never any stakes at all because it's just like a, like, you know, a dumb adventure that ends at the end of the issue. And it's fun, but then you're like, oh, wow, there's four more of these in this one issue alone. Nightmare. Uh, twenty-five regular show. Twenty-five years later, is exactly that. We it's the characters of Mordecai and Rigby, um, who have grown up and made something of themselves, and also oh, made no. a family. Oh, no. um, and when they return to the park, which uh, they spend almost entirely all of their time on in the TV show, um, they accidentally make a deal with a demon, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they swap their kids for their in return for their youth back. Um, <laughs> So they've Sorry, kind of gone back funny. to fucking being fucking idiots again. Great. And they need to try and find their kids. Great. That's um, fun. And it's been written by Christopher Hastings. Um, Dr. McNinja. And also uh, Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and illustrations by Anna Johnstone, which I really like. Colors by Joanna LaFuente, who does Fences Colors. It's a great team. And um, like, it's really funny. It's mm. like, I, I, and I think the fact that it is this new timeline that I've never seen before just feels like, you know, like Hastings can do anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the stakes feel real. And I feel like, you know, there's a reason for me to read the next issue. Like, I know it's going to be resolved, but like, you know, they're going to be, the old versions of these characters are going to be changed because of this dumb adventure they've had. And mm-hmm. that, that makes me want to keep reading it. Yeah. Cool. Um, like it, when, when they, when they're kids, when they're young again, in order to trick their wives, uh, Rigby shaves his butt and, and like glue hair <laughs> to make moustaches and beards on themselves. It's so stupid. I, I like, and that's why they have hipster beards and moustaches. Yeah. And just like, just for that one joke. And that's like, Great. perfect. It's real Hilarious. good stuff. Uh, I, I've, I'm enjoying this a lot more than I uh, was expecting to. Um, in fact, it was probably one of my favorite books of the week. <laughs> so well done Hastings for doing a r- really good job with this uh, book that should not be as good as it is. Hilarious. Blackwood, issue number three through Dark Horse Comics, written by Evan Dorkin with amazing artwork by Veronica and Andy Fish. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like I fucking love the art on this so much. It's really much. gorgeous. Um, this is a, uh, a mini series. We're at issue three of four, um, and uh, it's about a bunch of uh, never do well kids who are sent to a secret uh, college that kind a of cult. A, a cult, cult college, cult college. Yeah. So basically, there's there's two versions of this college. One of them is a regular college, and the other one deals in uh, bl- the black arts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there's a whole bunch of horrible shit happening at this college. Um, linked to the, the disappearance of the Dean. Um, and uh, yeah, like these char- characters kind of don't want to get to know each other any better, but they kind of have to in order to not die. Yeah. Um, and there's like bug people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, all kinds of like real creepy shit going on. But there's a lightness to Veronica Fisher's art that keeps it really fun. Absolutely. And not as, even though that she draws some really gory stuff, like the first, the first panel is Pretty a, a, a young boy's face being eaten by maggots. But uh, I don't know. There's something fun and vibrant that that, that 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 just makes this book a real joy to read. Yeah, definitely the colors, um, and I think she must do her own colors. 
Oh, no, Andy Fisher, brother does the colors. It says layouts. Layouts. Oh, shit. So I think he might do her own colors. Anyway, it's fucking, it's a good looking book. It's a cool concept. It's not necessarily like the most compelling thing I've ever read, Um, but I like it. I like Mm. it plenty. There's a two-headed chimp. I think I like it because it feels like something I've read before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons anyway uh, over to Valiant now we've got issue 3 of Harbinger Wars 2 written by Matt Kent with art by Thomas Giarello Renato Guedes and Diego Rodriguez um, and uh, this is uh, the second last chapter of this um, this uh, Valiant kind of line-wide event which has pit many of the uh, heroes against each other and, for reasons uh, I don't fully understand well they want to either protect the Sciots or don't Mm. Um, and uh, in this, um, we see two pretty damning uh, things happen. Or sorry, one damning thing happened for two characters, and that is uh, Livewire and Bloodshot going further than I thought they would, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. killing many, many people mm-hmm. um, in order to save children. Um, which is, you know, it definitely all makes sense. save the children. But like, at one at the end, this issue ends with Bloodshot turning into like a a winged and horned demon. And, cool. uh, and trying to take down Exo Manor. Well, it looks cool, but I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. And it de- definitely goes against the bloodshot that we're reading in Lemire's run at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, a bit of a nutso bloodshot. And Livewire in particular, who was, you know, very much a character of like, you know, like her way is right. Mm. Um, this is almost like something a, like she snapped and now she's like a bit al- crazy. Almost like a Carol Danvers in Civil War II esque moment yeah, yeah, for yeah. her in this. And apparently Valiant fans are pretty shitty about this situation, understandably so. And the art is uh, a bit confusing because there's two different artists. Yeah. So it's a bit jarring when it, it switches between the two, I found personally. This, like, I mean, the history of this event, like, it was meant to be written with our boy who wrote um, Secret Weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- co- they were meant to be co writing the whole thing together. And then he got shafted when the new people bought. Valiant. Oh, I didn't so know that at all. Maybe that's why the art's been rushed too. Uh, well, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to when this is done and we get the live wire. <laughs> but I liked um, the last solo. two issues. Um, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. didn't like this at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I did enjoy the faith moment in this, and that, that's rare for me to enjoy a faith moment. Yeah, faith is annoying as shit. <laughs> Uh, final comic we're going to talk about today in today's episode is Black from Black Crown uh, through IDW, and that's Punk's Not Dead, um, a, uh, a great series uh, from... David Barnett and is the writer, and uh, Martin, Martin Simmons, Simmons is the artist. And uh, yeah, this is a book about um, uh, a, a kind of shy young boy named Fergie living in London, and he um, becomes a, like an attached, literally attached to a, uh, a ghost of a punk named Sid, and... Um, there is a hilarious kind of paranormal activity government agency uh, trying to find and, and, and kind of sort their problem, but they're also on the run from them. And they're Led mother- by like a sick old lady in her so, 60s she's who such just a great drinks and smokes and talks about when she used to fuck Mick Jagger. Yeah. Great. Uh, and yeah, we seem to be kind of like racing towards the finale of this, but uh, it's really enjoyable. And I liked uh, his mother yeah. has a really great uh, kind of turn as a character in this issue. Yeah, this is a great comic. It's a really great series. I, this is definitely one that I'm going to get this the, the trade of and read it in one hit when it's over. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's just, I mean, it's just good to read un, un, unashamedly British comics sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah. That's why I'm kind of weirdly excited. I keep talking about it and no one else seems as excited about um, Grant Morrison coming on to um, Green Lantern. But that's going to be such a like British comic because it's him and Liam Sharp. That's yeah. It's going to be great. Why are there no British Lanterns? That's a great point. Name three British people that you reckon would make a great Green Lantern. Who has good willpower? Vinnie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jason Statham, the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my picks. Okay. Great. I'm going to go with Paddington. Nice. The bear. Yep. Um, and I'll go with um, uh, Paul McCartney. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then Hermione Granger. Emma yep. Watson. Yep. <laughs> no, the character Hermione Granger. Yeah, Hermione Granger. Granger. <laughs> Um, so that is uh, it for another episode of Serious Issues. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, if you would like to uh, contribute a thing or two to our saga episode next week, um, head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues podcast. Email us at seriousissues at kingscomics.com or message us directly if you are a patron. Um, and please consider if you are not one yet. Like it does not take much to support us. I think honestly two bucks, I think is all it takes a month mm-hmm. to access all the, uh, most of the material that we've put up there as bonus stuff. And uh, look, it is just a way of saying thanks to uh, the two of us who put in a lot of time and effort Um uh, to give you something that, you know, is unless you support us free. So uh, if you want to say thanks, that is the easiest way to do it. Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Uh, and thank you so much to the many patrons that are already there helping us put nappies on our babies. Absolutely. Those babies who are growing at an alarming rate and can already string full sentences together. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's good fun. Has you said the names of any other members of No Doubt? Or is uh, it just Gwen Stefani? I mean, can you say the names of any other members of No Doubt? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find Siobhan uh, online and let her know the other members of No Doubt. Or maybe you are a member of No Doubt and I want to know, let her know your name. Also, uh, Jim, Jim from Kings is doing other people's podcasts. What podcast is he on? He's on um, Signal of Doom. Well, that's good. They good are friends. Him. They're buds. <laughs> so, uh, but still, Jim, what the fuck? Uh, that's okay um, Siobhan is at Siobhan CBG on yeah. Twitter and Instagram I'm at Levdog L-E-V-D-O-W-G and uh, you can find us on Twitter as well Serious underscore underscore issues is our handle there come say hello we love hearing from you thank you so much for listening uh, i got a few comics coming out next week that I'm excited for Siobhan oh yeah um, it's a weird week a really funny week actually um, uh, we've got uh, it's a pretty small week which is I'm very excited <sighs> that's I've less, lovely. less than 30 comics coming oh my, God. In my way um, but we have uh, a new Super Sons book called The Adventures of the Super Sons. Okay. Um, we have uh, the second issues of a few Marvel books like Captain America, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and Death of Inhumans that I'm excited for. Um, we have uh, Infinity Wars. Oh, good. <laughs> the hardcover of the second edition of Jazz Maynard is coming out, ah, which I highly recommend. Um, and uh, there was something that I was genuinely excited for. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Oh, Seeds, The Seeds, which is a new one through Burger Books that is David Ayer and ah. Anne, Anne Nocenti's oh, yeah. uh, uh, new series starts, which I'm super excited. I think it's out through Dark Horse. Uh, definitely add that one to your pool list because I think it's going to be Looks awesome. Cool. Definitely. Um, cool. All right. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Adios. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.